Hey friends, we're so glad that you've chosen to tune into this podcast from Revival Fires today. We pray that this message brings you closer to Jesus. We'd love to host you at our regular Sunday morning meetings, 10.30 a.m. in Dudley. Also check out our website for our upcoming events. We look forward to welcoming you to our next event. All right, here we go. Here is the message. In Psalm 37, verse 4, it says, Delight yourself in the Lord. Are you delighted in God this morning? Uh, No, I said, are you delighted in God this morning? You know, because it says that when we delight ourselves in him, he gives us the desires of our hearts. You know, there's something that God just longs for from us, and that is a desire for him. And then he then rewards us with delighting us with the things that we long for in our hearts. Isn't that amazing? Just put your hand on your heart. Lord, I pray for everyone here this morning. Whatever state they've come in, whatever state they will leave in, Lord, may one thing be true of them this morning, that they will have delighted themselves in you. And because they've delighted in you, that you will now give them the desires of their hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, there was something that came out in the prophetic. There were two things that came out in the prophetic. I know Ryan has used it this morning for um, the um, ministry of giving. <clears throat> but there was two things, two words. Uh, well, it was one word spoken twice. And it was the word things. What's a thing? It says, whatever things have come against you. That was the one. That's what Tom brought. So what are the things? Because things are something that we can't quite define, can we? And then again, Janet came up and she used the same word, things. See, we can miss one of the most important things just by moving on too quickly See, what is the thing that's in front of you? What is the thing that's coming against you? You see, a thing is an inanimate object. It can be in the form of a word. But when we allow that word to enter into our minds and we become conscious of those words that are against us, is what happens is that that becomes living and active. And what happens with that is we then empower the enemy to use that thing against us. See, a thing could be an experience that you've gone through in the week that you can't quite understand it can be the the thing that I've been through this week is loss have you lost anything this week see and you can't quite put an a description to the loss but you know something has been lost it's a thing God is the restorer of things hallelujah 
See, so what is it? What is your thing this morning? What is it that you need to bring before God? See, you may not be able to describe it fully, but you say, Lord, this thing, this thing that I can't describe it, I can't define it, but I just know that there is something there. So let's pray together. Father, I ask right now that everything that the enemy has used to come against us, that you would now go to war against that thing. Whether it's a word, whether it is an experience, whether it is a failure, whether it is a mistake, whether it is a sin, Lord, we give you the permission to go against that thing in the name of Jesus. And Father, we thank you for that word that we sang this morning that says, in your kingdom, broken lives. Lord, whatever thing has caused brokenness to come into our lives, Lord, we ask that you would do what you said, in your kingdom, broken lives are made anew. So, Father, we ask that there would be such a renewing in our lives today. Through your prophetic word, I pray, in the name of Jesus. And, Father, we thank you that now we set our hearts upon you afresh. Seek first the kingdom of God and all these things. Thank you, Lord, for the all things will be added unto you according to Christ's riches in glory. Father, everything that is in accordance with the rightness of our relationship with Jesus, would you release it into us today in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, now you can all go home. <laughs> if, we, if we took hold of that, if we really took hold of it. And what I want to share this morning really flows right in line with that. See, because I felt this week... Um, the Lord wanted me to realign you afresh. And uh, me and Sharon were in France a few months ago, and uh, we were having a drive down from um, a place called Chamassay down to a place called Chinon. And um, <clears throat> Chinon is very famous for very good white wines. Okay, and, um, and so we were going down to Chinon just to enjoy Chinon and, uh, and all the products of that region. So, um, <clears throat> but as we're driving down, um, we come through one particular town and, um, you know, you drive on the wrong side of the road there. And, and so what happened, as I was driving, I was talking to Sharon, and the next thing, I'd hit the curb. And straight away, 
the whole um, steering changed. And I said to Shan straight away, I said, I've just blown the tire. And boom, the tire went and we stopped the car and um, we changed the tire. I got a spare in the back. And then we go and try and find a garage. And when we get to the garage, um, the person looked at it, looked at the, uh, where I changed the tire. He said, well, he says, you can't, um, this is in broken um, English. He's speaking to me. I'm speaking in English to him. Okay? And with Sharon, who is um, coming in from different times to make them more aware than I can with my English. Because Sharon's quite good at speaking French, though she wouldn't say it herself, but she is. If I spoke French as good as Sharon, I would say I'm fluent in French. <laughs> you know? And, uh, and so he looked at the tyres... I looked at the new one. He says, well, you can't carry on with having two different types of tire. And I, I don't know, probably the, the spare that I got was different for the one that I got, or I changed the tires. I think that's what had happened. I hadn't changed the spare. He says, so we're going to have to fit you two new tires. He says, but not only that, your whole steering is out of alignment. See, and that's the word I want to speak to you about this morning, alignment. You see, because what happens, what happens when alignment is out of place? Well, the thing is, steering becomes harder. That's the first thing. Some of you may need to write that down because guidance at the moment with God is quite difficult. But I'm going to help you this morning to come into a whole new place of alignment. Hallelujah. God's got good things for you. And um, so the first thing is that the steering becomes harder. Also, it means that the power is decreased because you are not... Um, moving on the fullness of the tires. So therefore, you're not getting the grip that you should. Not only that, but your fuel consumption goes up. And with that, you lose momentum. And not only that, but your journey becomes more rugged and bumpy. Now... How many people are out of alignment? Answer that in your heart before God this morning because God wants to bring you back into alignment. What do I mean by that? God wants to help you this morning so that your steering, the way, the course of your life becomes easier. Also, he wants to touch you this morning so that your journey becomes smoother. See, he still makes the rough places smooth. And he still makes the crooked places straight. You understand? Also, he wants to enhance the power in your life. See, come on, this morning we need to realign ourselves with God afresh, don't we? 
And, and with that, you won't need so much power in order to get where God wants you to get. Now, what do I mean by that? See, so often we squander so much of what God gives us because we're out of alignment. And so then we're trying because when you're out of alignment is what happens. Your priorities become difficult to focus on. And so you don't make the right priorities. So therefore, life becomes more difficult. And what a, not only that, but when you haven't got your life into its right priority, is the things that God wants to come to you doesn't come to you. So then you struggle. So this morning, God wants to align you. And, and he's going to do that through his word this morning. Do you want to go deeper into his word this morning? Because I believe that for every one of you here, God is realigning. See, there's an aligning that God wants to do with the anointing. Hallelujah. I love it when God aligns my life back with the anointing. Because when that takes place, conversations just change. <clears throat> The way you speak changes. What you begin to prioritize on begins to change. Is that what happens? God does something whereby he recreates the situation that you've been in and he makes it new. Hallelujah. See, that's what God wants to do for you this morning. And so with you, there's, there's lots of things. There's a word in the um, Bible, Paul uses it where he talks about how we need to rightly handle the word of truth. He says that in 2 Timothy 2.15, how we need to rightly handle. And as I just began to unlock and began to study and began to open up this word, it's a very incredible word. It's a word that is about a, a person who can take a sharp instrument and as he pulls this strong, sharp instrument, he is able to cut things in two so that you can get right into the center. It's a little bit like a surgeon would use a scalpel in order to enter into the very thing, the heart of the matter, that you need to deal with in your life. So too, Paul says to Timothy, that he says to him, show yourself to be a man approved. All the young men here, that's what I want you to. All the women here, that's what I want you to be. To be approved so that you're able to rightly handle the word of truth. And that word, word, is rhema in that verse. And, and it's the word for now. So how do you rightly handle the word of truth in the now situation through what you're going through? So we need to have this in our lives because when we do that, you see, the spirit bears witness to the word. <clears throat> That's why it's important that we are people who are word 
and spirit. And so this word, it means to cut right the way through so that it comes into alignment. Let me go back to the word alignment in terms of cars again. If you go to a garage and they align your wheels, there is a machine that they put it on and they cause a laser beam, a beam of light to go across from the front to the back and also between the front wheels. <clears throat> Why? Is because everything, <clears throat> excuse me, everything needs to line up. Because if it doesn't line up, you are out of alignment. And when you're out of alignment, things get harder. Guidance gets more difficult. Fuel consumption goes up. And what happens? You lose power. See, have you lost some power in your relationship with God and what he's called you to function in? Because we need that, don't we? And they haven't. And, and so here, when we're in that place, see, God wants to realign. Say that word with me. Realign. Say it again. Realign. Align. See, God wants to realign your life according to his truth. And so when we look at this, and I was looking at this and beginning to realize that there is so much in our lives that we can take for granted. And what happens when we take things for granted, it loses its impact on our lives, doesn't it? We don't, we don't value Things, that word again. See, we use it so much to describe stuff. And, and so here this morning, what I want to do is to rightly align you in your relationship with God. Wouldn't that be good? You know, it says, John said, and, and it's wonderful, people here, new people in this morning also, and friends from the past coming back. See, I believe this is a word just for you. God is realigning you. Whatever you make of that, allow God to speak to you. Because if you don't, it's all it becomes is words that we do nothing with. And so they just fall to the ground, and for you, it doesn't become fruitful. See, that's why it's important. And, and, you know, as we look at this this morning, it really brings great joy. And I watch some of the meetings online and we just go over it and Sharon and I talk about it. But the great thing is this, you know, John says in 3 John, that's the epistle, the third epistle of John. He says, I have no greater joy than to know that my children are walking in the truth. You know, and the things that I hear, the worship, the word, the hosting, all of those things, the prophetic word that's coming out. Let me tell you, it's a great joy to me and to Sharon to know that you are walking in it, not just us walking in it. And there is something that you don't un fully understand until you see that as a reality in people's lives. And so today, I really feel that God is going to realign you. And there's different ways that 
you know, we can look at realignment. I was just looking at this just for some of you, just may want a bit of information. There's three things that you need in alignment. One is caster, and that is how your front wheel leans forward. So it's out of alignment. You're leaning too far forward. Some of you are going beyond what you should be. Also, it means that you can be leaning too far back. And so what happens is that the wheel is out of alignment. It's not touching the ground at the right place. And when you, you can be holding back and God wants to bring you back up. And if you're leaning forward, he wants to bring you back up straight. So that... You can have the right alignment. But then there's also the um, camber. And the camber is the side so that things are pushing in too much or they're reaching out too much. And so God wants to bring alignment. Are you pushing in too far or are you pushing out too far? Some of you, God has brought you here this morning because he wants to bring you back in a little because you've been out and some of you who are in he wants to give you a fresh vision that there's more to life than just coming to meetings but it incorporates all of our lives see this is what we need to get to because when we do that is that what happens it says then the third area is the toe and the toe is where your tire wears on one side more than the other and so what happens it becomes inefficient and very costly. See, when we are wearing out one side more than others, can you see, I don't believe God ever wants us to wear out. I do believe he wants us to function correctly right throughout our lives. And so, and so with that, it is so good at times just to come back to a place of alignment. I love my friend Benjamin in um, India, because Benjamin has this wonderful word, and the word would fit really well this morning. And he says, the, instead of anointing, he uses the word anointment. So it's a mixture before, between ointment and anointing. And so he uses the word anointment, the anointment of the Holy Spirit. And so there is an anointment that comes through alignment. Hallelujah. And so it really fits for me this morning as a speaker to be able to connect those words. And that's what God wants to do with you. He wants to align you. He wants to bring in alignment because he wants you to enter into a new place of anointment. See, God wants to anoint you with the Holy Spirit. Really does. And so when we start looking at this, this word, this word is... Um, Orthotimio, which means to rightly handle. It's the same word we get from orthodontics. It's that word with orthodontics is that you're going to put someone's teeth in their right place. So they're going to be rightly aligned in the um, horizontal as well as the vertical. So we talk about the bite. It's going to be corrected. Listen, if you're here this morning and you have a problem with your jaw being out of alignment, put your hand on your jaw right now. Just put it on right now. So, Father, I just pray for realignment, that this word would bring about the fruit of its impact in our lives. 
So Lord, would you realign people's jaws, teeth right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Lord. See, so there's orthodontics. That is God aligning. And, and the word means to either cause it to go up vertically or to go horizontally. I believe God wants to, re to realign relationships. He wants to rearrange, realign your relationship with him. Today is a great day to do it. Couldn't be a better day. Also, he wants to arrange and align your relationships in the horizontal yes. so that you're truly connected well so that you're able to feed on what God wants you to feed on and so so there's that there's orthopedics see the same root of that word orthopedics what's an orthopedic is what he does he corrects the deformations in or malformations in a person's skeletal structure so god may be causing things to become realigned can you see? If you have back trouble this morning, put your hand on your back or get the person behind you to put their hand on your back because God, I believe, can realign your skeletal structure. If there's malformations, you see, in heaven there is no curvatures of the spine. When we talk about heaven, we're talking about kingdom. In your kingdom, broken lives are made anew. We're going to come to that word anew in a moment. But Father, I ask that you would release right now an alignment in people's skeletal structures in their lives. Bring joints, ligaments, muscles, bring bones back into place. There it is. See, just something just happened in someone's back. Just give me a wave if you know something just happened in you this morning. Yeah, thank you, Lord. See, listen, we need to be in a place where we're not waiting for the word at the end. We're just waiting for God to come. And when he comes, he will do anything that he wants. And so there's this word with um, realigning bones. So we use this word constantly, but God wants to use it this morning to realign our lives with his word. He wants to realign us with his truth because the truth sets us free. Are you with me this morning? Yeah. See, because God has got great things for you and for me. So a rightly, how we need to be rightly aligned in our relationship with God. That right alignment in relationship with God is a word that we could use this morning. And that is regeneration. Hallelujah. Isn't that good? Just say that word out. Regeneration. And it means to do again what you did at the beginning. It's two words, palin and also genia, which means the geneogram or the generational tree that we have. And palin means again. So to do a genesis again, to do a creation again. How does God do a creation again? You know, you say, but Trevor, how on earth can you get 
my life to move into a place where it's recreated again. Well, John the Baptist, or John the Apostle, in John's Gospel, I believe he gives us the keys to it. Unless a man is, he cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. In your kingdom, broken lives are made anew. And so here this morning, if we're going to see God do something, we need to understand what he said in his scripture. Do you want to go further this morning? Do you want to go further into this, that you'll walk out of here thinking, I've just been, I've just been made anew. Things in my life are going to be different from this point on. Listen, if you've got faith in his word, let me tell you this, God will do it. Because he answers to his word in our lives with faith. Hallelujah. And so as we look at this this morning, you see John speaks of right alignment. If you've got your Bibles, turn to Ezekiel chapter 36. I'm taking you a bit this morning. Because I feel that there is something that God wants to really do for you. And, and if he does this, let me tell you, life will be different. It really will be different. And so here, if you turn to Ezekiel 36, and there's some words that are spoken there. Let me just turn to it so that verses 26 and 27. And this is what he says. I will give you a new heart. Wow. Anybody got a worn out heart? I will give you a new heart. That's not all. And I will put a new spirit in you. So God's going to give us a new heart and he's going to put a new spirit in us. Not just making something better is going to give us a new, two things, a new heart and a new spirit I will put in you. And I will remove from your heart, from you, the heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit in you and follow you, in you to follow my decrees and you will be careful to keep my laws. So there you have it. I will put a new heart. I will put a new spirit. Then I will put my spirit in you. Wow. See, often we come to a place where, yes, we, we feel that God has taken out some of the old desires. And that's what our heart speaks of. It speaks of the the place of government in our lives, the choices, the decisions that we make. And God comes and he takes that out. However, it's been affected, no matter which way it's been affected, whether it is in our upbringing, whether it is in the work that we're doing. See, because when we're wrongly aligned, we get into all manner of things that we shouldn't get into. And I'm not just talking now about wrong things. I'm talking about you can be wrongly aligned in the job that you're doing and it becomes just a real pain to you every morning. And there's nothing wrong with it. But for you, 
You just don't feel that it's the right fit for you. See, that's out of alignment. And so God, he, he gives us a new heart. He gives us a new spirit. See, he takes out from us the spirit of man. And that is our ways of thinking and doing. And he puts a new spirit within us. And then he says, and I will come and put my spirit in you. Now, here you've got the Old Testament. Do you want to get the board right? Because I think people would get it a little bit easier this morning. Ryan's going to really help me um, this morning. And, uh, and so here is what you talk about is regeneration. But regeneration is all about an indwelling. See, that's where we, I feel we miss out, that we don't go on. We, yeah, we, we say we've been born again, but we don't move to the place where we know the indwelling of the Holy Spirit in us. Where the person of the Holy Spirit comes into our life. Where he begins to so take over the whole of our lives and it becomes so different. And so here, if we look at the Old Testament and you're looking through the Old Testament, the Old Testament, if you read it, and sometimes it gets laborious, I know. There are some great passages in there, but who wants to keep knowing about going attack this nation and go and deal with this king and what you deal with is go and take the 70 sons cut off their heads put them into baskets and bring them into Jerusalem who wants to know about that you know see the thing is and we and yet you then say but all scriptures God breathed <laughs> do I have to read this stuff and uh, and so what happens is this that we, we then go into certain passages and then what we do is we get out of alignment with what God's saying. And so here, what I want to do is to help you this morning to see. See, we have here, Ryan, Old Testament, New Testament. And, um, and you look at it, Old Testament is preparation and promise. See, God prepares and then he promises something the new testament is fulfillment and possession of the promise just put possession right and so here the old testament so you've got genesis in genesis what do you have you see genesis is creation god says he's going to Recreate. I will give you a new heart. I will put a new spirit in you. And I will put my spirit in you. And I will cause you to follow my decrees and to walk in my laws. Can you see all of those things? And yet we struggle, don't we? Or is it just me? But we struggle. And so here, I feel if we look at it, even with Adam, Adam... What happened? God created him, prepared him for what? He prepared him from the um, dust of the ground. He formed him, created him into a person. Then what did he do? He breathed into him. And when that breath came into him, he became a living being. Before that, he wasn't a living being in the fullness of the sense of what we know today. And so here, there is preparation and there is promise 
And the promise was that he would be able to walk before God, have fellowship with God who is spirit. And we know the fall. But another preparation of the Old Testament is the tabernacle. See, the tabernacle, there's preparation. There's preparation that they're to make this elaborate building. And when they've made all this elaborate building, they put it all together. And then what does God do? He, he comes down with the Shekinah glory. Now, were the people who were people who couldn't even go into the holy place and see the elaborate working in the Holy of Holies? Only the high priest, and he could only do it one day a week, one day a year. But when the glory, the Shekinah came on the tabernacle, the people weren't taken up of what was going on or what was on the table or what was the lamp like in the holy place. They were more in focused on the glory of God coming down. You see, the tabernacle was a preparation for indwelling. The promise that I would come and dwell with you and I would be in you. And we have the same with the temple. And so here you have all of this. The Old Testament is just full of that preparation and promise. But you come to the New Testament and in the New Testament, it's fulfillment and it is possession. And there is no better person in the whole of the scriptures to give us something of this mystery of Christ Jesus than the Apostle John. In Matthew chapter 3 and verse 11, in Matthew 3 verse 11, it says, when he has come, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Baptize you, immerse you in the Holy Spirit and with fire. In Mark's Gospel, chapter 1, verse 8, and it says the same. When he has come, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Luke says exactly the same in 3.34. And there it says, when he has come, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. But then we go to John, wow, and John gives us a view like no one else. He enables us to stand on the mountains and look to the horizons and see all that God has done. And you see, the thing is with John, in John's Gospel, turn to chapter 1, but in John's Gospel, in chapter 1, you say there that the, this day, the, sorry, the next day, John saw Jesus coming to him. And he says, behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the whole world. And so here is what John does. He says that there is now a manifesting on the earth of the Lamb who would pour out his blood for the forgiveness of sin. So just write this side right now, put earth and heaven. Because you get hold of this and we live from earth to heaven. We live from this place where heaven comes down, indwells us, and with that we begin to see all that God has 
for us and so for you this morning. See, this is regeneration. This is having a new life. It isn't just a patched up one. God is not into reformation. He's not reforming you, reforming you. He is making you new. God is not into, what's the word they use for DIYs? In house conversions, God is wanting to give you a new house. He's wanting your life to become new. And so here on the earth, the blood is poured out. And so that speaks to us of grace. You know, and so with that, this pouring out, let me just get my notes here. And so here, it's an outward. What it speaks of is his suffering. So, right, grace should be over here. Could you do that? It's about his, the blood speaks of his suffering. It speaks of atonement. That is that you and God are both sat down at a table. And now you are at one. You are no longer enemies. So now we're at a place where we, even though we were powerless to do anything about our lives, Jesus became powerful. And he did for us what we couldn't do for ourselves. And with that, see, Jesus poured out two things. On the earth, he poured out his blood. For it was for the forgiveness of sins. It was through atonement. It was through his suffering. See, all of this was the manifestation of God in Christ Jesus on the earth. See, so when you look at, when you read the scriptures, I want you to get hold of seeing Jesus as God manifesting himself on the earth and be drawn into a relationship with him that begins to overwhelm you so that, you know, you begin to give to him the worship that is due to his name. See, this is what it will do. This is the result of these things. And so here it speaks then, the blood speaks of pardon. See, all of this comes into God making us new. We need to be pardoned. We need to be forgiven. We need to be made anew. And so here it speaks of a pardon. It also speaks of having peace with God through the Lord Jesus Christ. And so all of these things, if we're struggling with peace in our lives, maybe we haven't seen Jesus where he has poured out his life for us. And so what happens is we try and appease God through things that we might do. And that's just works. Or we think that we're good enough. See, God didn't send Jesus because we were good enough. He sent Jesus because he knew that we weren't good enough. And so here we have peace. So if you're struggling with peace, let me tell you, we need to come to the manifest presence of God and begin to read afresh, read the passion stories afresh, it will give you peace because it will show you what Jesus has done for you.
And if you don't know Jesus this morning, I hope that my words to you would cause a desire for you to say, God, I want to enter into this place of peace with God today. And so there's peace. And also there is the manifest reality. See, his blood was poured out. It's true. You read the scriptures. It was poured out. So there is this witness on the earth of a life that was poured out in the Lord Jesus Christ. But you see, he also, in pouring out his blood on the earth, in heaven, he pours out his spirit. See, and we need the two pourings. We need the blood of Jesus to touch our lives. See, they overcome him by the blood of the Lamb. See, whatever thing, remember that word this morning? Thing. See, whatever thing is against you. See, what we need is the blood because it says in Revelation there, and it talks there about they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. Hallelujah. And by their testimony. And they didn't love their lives as unto death. And so here you have this wonderful, wonderful truth. But you see, if you go to Acts chapter 2, verse 33, in there it says, And having ascended to the right hand of the Father, he poured out the Holy Spirit, which you both see and which you hear. You see, in his exalted place in the heaven, this is regeneration. This is aligning your life with the life that God longs for you to have. And so here, they were now in a place through the blood of Jesus on the earth. We are in a place where now God wants to come and take what is ours in his kingdom. Broken lives are made new in his kingdom. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. We're in a right alignment with heaven and all these things will be added unto you that is regeneration all things added to you no matter what the enemy throws at you all things God wants to give to you when you are in alignment with heaven and so now in this place what does he do he then doesn't just pour it out on the ground he fulfills what he prepared in the Old Testament and now he's doing in our day and in the new covenant, he is fulfilling so that we can possess the promise. See, God wants you to possess the promise. I'm not talking about just speaking in tongues. I'm talking about possessing the indwelling of the Godhead himself. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Possessing it. Not him possessing you. You 
possessing the promise. And this is, as what he said, this is what was foretold in the last days. I will pour out my Spirit upon all flesh. You see, the preparation was the prophetic, but now it reaches its fulfilment and it reaches its possession. It becomes ours. And so here in this place of the Holy Spirit being given, it is a gift. See, you don't earn it. It is a gift, the gift of the Holy Spirit. We've been talking about grace. See, when you are rightly aligned in relationship with God, He then begins to give you gifts. Hallelujah. He he gives you the desires of your heart. Why? Because you're rightly aligned. So now you need God's power. You need His direction, rightly aligned. You need to know what it is, as Job says, Oh, that my path was drenched in cream. That means there's an abundance of the blessing of God upon my life. And and so here we, we move into that. And listen, all hell can come against you. I'm not saying this stops hell coming against you. What I'm saying is that you now have within you the person of Jesus who conquered death and hell. That's who you have. So that now, whatever has come against you this week, whatever thing has come against you, you can stand in that place. Empowered, infilled, not with just a bit of Holy Spirit, but with the very person of Father, Son and Holy Spirit. So when He comes in, you are far greater than what you ever thought you were. And don't we need that in these days? Don't we need that so that wars may cease? Don't we need it so that greed can be moved out of the way? Don't we need it? You see, this is what happens. A proper alignment. I was talking to someone, I think it was Hannah, and we were just talking about just how our life has gone this way. And I'm thinking, Lord, I don't think there is a statesman on the earth today. Of any nation. You know, God, we are in a bad place. The world is in a bad place. I don't, I I just can't get into the world is getting better. We are in a bad place. And I believe that Jesus is going to come. And when he comes, he will right every wrong. He will settle every account. He will distribute what needs to be distributing. See, that's what happens when he comes. Not when we're trying to usher in a kingdom. It's when his kingdom. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. And when his kingdom comes, in his kingdom, broken lives are made anew. And so it's a gift. Also, when he pours out his spirit, it's unseen. And so what was manifest through the blood of Jesus 
with the Holy Spirit, it's a mystery. Don't you find Holy Spirit a mystery? That you just can't quite work it all out? How is it he can fill a person and they speak in new tongues? It's a mystery. Can you see? And there are so many things about this life in the Spirit that is a mystery. We can't fathom it out. But when he comes, we know it by experience. So John says, unless a man is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of heaven. Let me tell you, if you're struggling with trying to understand the kingdom of heaven, it may be that you're not born again. Truthfully. As the Bible tells you to be born again. It says, unless a man is born again, he cannot enter into. He cannot enter into this kingdom. So broken lives can be made anew but I'm outside of the kingdom. I believe this morning, if you're in that place, you can step right into the kingdom. Do you know why? Jesus is blood. So then God releases his spirit. That which is manifest now, he releases his gift to you of the Holy Spirit and God comes. See, I don't understand it. See, it's a mystery to me how God says, I will put a new heart in you. I will put a new spirit in you. I will take the heart of flesh out of you. I will take the spirit of man out of you. I'm going to put my spirit in you. And then he says, and I will indwell you. I don't, I don't understand that. It's a mystery to me how that God can indwell a life like me or you with all of its defects, flaws, malformations, all of those things, and yet he comes in. He says, I will give you a new heart, new spirit, and I will dwell as real as when he breathed into Adam when he released the Shekinah glory on the tabernacle, when he released the glory on the temple. And let me tell you, they didn't look at what was going on. They were looking at the glory, the Shekinah cloud of God. And when they saw that cloud, they knew that God was dwelling amongst them. It's a mystery. Behold, I tell you a mystery but all the fullness of God is made man all the mysteries of God has been revealed in Christ Jesus you see and the mystery is Christ in you see the mystery Christ in you the hope of glory so I can't explain it all to you I really can't but I can tell you this that when you know that indwelling presence of God, something happens. Life changes. And we're not the same again. And it's not about doing this and doing that. 
Don't do this. Don't do that. It's about being led by the Spirit. Listen, we can get out of alignment. And what happens is we veer to this way and we veer to that way. Have you ever been in the car, those of you who own cars, and you, you just take your hands off the steering wheel and you then find that the car is moving this way or it moves this way. Don't take it off too long. <laughs> you know? But sometimes it's so badly out of alignment that you're having to pull it back round all the time. Can you see? Out of a line. And sometimes, even though we have the indwelling Holy Spirit, is that what happens is we're not functioning and living the way that he wants us to. And listen, he doesn't take the Holy Spirit from us. I, I refuse to believe that. That doctrine. That no matter what we do, it all depends on us that he keeps his spirit on our lives. I don't believe that. I really don't. I cannot see. And people quote David in Psalm 51 where he says, Take not your Holy Spirit from me and restore a right spirit in me. But he says, Cleanse me and I will be cleansed. Wash me and I will be whiter than snow. And so there's this sense. You see, it shouldn't make us more liberal. It should make us more liberated. And liberated means that we are free. It is for freedom that Christ set us free. So now we have access by the one spirit into the presence and so now we're able to live from heaven to earth. We're able to live knowing what it is to gather around and to gather in the courts of heaven. Whether it is here as we're worshipping or whether it is as we are ascending in our spirit. Father loves those who worship him in spirit and in truth. You see, this is truth. This will cause you to rise up and it will also cause us to move horizontally in the way that we live our lives and deal with one another. Isn't that amazing? All because of this. See, regeneration. And so here, what happens when the Holy Spirit comes? He moves us to walk in obedience. He gives the Holy Spirit to those who obey him. And so when we're out of alignment, it says, and again, preparation and promise. It says, you will hear a word behind you. In Isaiah, I can't remember quite the verse, but it says, you will hear a word behind you saying, this is the way. Walk in it. John says of Jesus, as he's writing down the words of Jesus, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Let me indwell you. You will walk in the way. Let me come into you and you will know the life. Let me come into you. I will bring you truth. Because I am the way. And so here, regeneration. It isn't just a theological word. It's a word where God says he will do again what he did in creation. So now, what does that mean for me and you? It means that we are new creations. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. See, and you can let go of all the stuff that you are trying to deal with that is not getting dealt with. 
You let it go. Why? Because God has given you a gift. He has now come in and he's empowering you. He's empowering you to walk in obedience. If you don't have peace, find Jesus. Come back to a place where he manifests what he's done. If you're wanting empowerment, again, see him as the one who's in heaven, who's poured out the Holy Spirit upon our lives. And so here, he indwells us. It says that he will guide you into all truth. See, because he's our teacher. That's who Holy Spirit is. He is your guide. He is the power in your life, the fuel in your tank. Hallelujah. He will make your life run so efficiently that you will do what you never thought you were able to do. And you won't have to go up through all the gears. He just empowers you. Hallelujah. And so for us, see the regeneration is given to us as a grace by which we turn to God and in turning to God, we have conviction of sin because he will convict the world of sin. See, that's where most people end. But he will also convict us of righteousness. See, it's the same, convince us of our sinfulness. But he will also convince us of his righteousness. Hallelujah. And of judgment because he has judged sin. Now, I would rather sin to be judged 2,000 years ago than judged in 10 years in the future. I'm thinking about my age. Wouldn't you? I would rather it to have been done back there rather than me thinking I'm going to come into judgment. And listen, there's lots of people, probably people here this morning, that deep down in their hearts they wonder whether or not if there's this and this, this sin, that sin, this disobedience, that disobedience, whether the blood of Jesus is really enough. I want to tell you this morning, it is enough. It is enough. It is enough. It is enough. It's enough for you in the past and it will be enough for you in the future. And this isn't giving you license to do whatever you want. This is giving you an empowering so that you will walk in all that God's got for you. And so I believe that David was looking forward and he was looking at that time when the indwelling presence would come. Because in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit would come upon people for a function, for an office, for a ministry. That's how it was. But it was all preparation so that there would come a time, the one on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain, and remain, and remain. Did you hear that? And remain. He it is, this is John's words. Behold the Lamb of God, which takes away the sin of the world. And he who said to me, the one on whom you see the Spirit come upon and remain, he it is who will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And the reason I came baptizing in water was that he might be revealed. And so baptism, yes, it is an outward sign of what Jesus has done, but it's also 
an inward promise of what Holy Spirit would do. Because when he came up out of the water, the Holy Spirit came upon him and it remained on him. It could not be taken off him. And you are a new creation in Christ Jesus. And when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and comes within you, it cannot be taken away from you. Get hold of that. That will give you such confidence in his presence. And so here this morning, you see, regeneration is that. We come to that place. Conviction, confession, repentance, forgiveness. That's part. But then we come to indwelling, habitation of God's presence, living in fellowship with the glorified Jesus. That is what regeneration is. That is, my life has been made anew. If anyone, any woman is in Christ, they are a new creation. All things, things again. Did you hear that? All things are past. All things become new. And this is of God, not ourselves. And so here, what is the indwelling? I finish with just these things to help you walk through this week. What is the indwelling Jesus? Because that's who Holy Spirit is. He's the indwelling Jesus. But he's also the indwelling Father. See, who comes into your life. And with that, this, this, um, Isaiah, it's Isaiah 30, verses 20 and 21. You will hear a word behind you. I've just noticed I've got it here. But what does the indwelling Jesus? It brings a regenerating, a renewing, and refreshing. And it says he washed us in Titus 3 verse 5. He washed us with the water of regeneration and the renewing Holy Spirit. Have you got that? He washed us with the water of regeneration. See, there's three that bear witness. The water, the blood, and the spirit. That's what John says. See, aligning yourself. See, there's three that bear witness. That's what John says. The water. The reason I came baptizing was water, that he might be revealed. The next day he saw Jesus coming. He said, behold, the Lamb of God. It takes away the sin of the world. He's here. See, the water, the blood. And then the Holy Spirit, the one on whom you see the Holy Spirit come upon and remain. He it is who will baptize you. Not a coming upon, but an indwelling. Baptize you. That soaking so that every fiber of your being is affected by the Holy Spirit. And so there's that indwelling. See, the washing through regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Spirit. And so there is the presence and the power of the indwelling Jesus. There is liberty and freedom from sin. Liberty and freedom from sin. Why? Because he will put his laws within us and he will cause us to walk in his ways. There is victory and deliverance from Satan so that the enemy will not 
get a foothold and a stronghold in your life so that you can walk in victory, so that you can be, as the old theologians used to say, you can walk in total victory. You can walk in the victory of Jesus over sin. Sin is a defeated foe. Hallelujah. So he has been defeated so that you can walk in victory. But sin is not a banished presence. It's not that sin has been banished and we have no opportunity to sin. And we have no temptation. No, it is not a banished presence, but it is a defeated power. Hallelujah. Give him glory, can you? And so here we get victory. We have the fulfillment of the promise, I will dwell. And we have the fullness of his power. See, God giving us his power. And with that, he empowers us to move in right alignment with himself. And the fullness of power in the face of all our enemies. And with that, he constantly pours out the gift of the Holy Spirit. You read again the gifts of the Spirit. See, there it is. The Spirit, it's a mystery. Prophecy, isn't prophecy a mystery? Healing, mystery. Miracles, they're mysteries. Healings, they're mysteries. Tongues is a mystery. Interpretation, mystery. The wisdom of God is a mystery. Have I missed any out? It's a mystery. Can you see? That's what the Holy Spirit does. Can we understand tongues and interpretation? No, why? Because it's a mystery. He who speaks in a tongue utters mysteries in the Spirit. Hallelujah. And so for you today, I want you to align yourself afresh. Come back into alignment. Have you been veering off? He says you'll hear a word behind you saying this is the way. That's all I've sought to do today is so that you could hear a voice saying, this is the way. Thanks for listening. Stay connected, be resourced and equipped by subscribing to our YouTube channel, our podcast channel, and following us on social media at Revival Fires on Instagram and Facebook. If you've been impacted by this ministry, why don't you consider investing and sowing a gift? Visit our website for details on how to give.